0: That I've said many a times. Just pull it on over, man. <laughs> well, you know me. How close, how close does this thing get to my face? Is <laughs> I think what you...
1: <laughs> oh, shit. What you started with. Yeah.
0: Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the Madness Continues Podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Lemon. You knew that, probably. <laughs> I, start, I start every episode with the same line. You probably knew that. You probably came here from Cora. You're probably related to me or something. Uh, nice to see you, everybody. Today on the podcast is the uh my my friend and guest uh, Travis Spotts.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Uh, Travis, you and I have known each other for f- five
1: years now, uh, almost five years. Five years? Yeah, I've I, I just rounded up to five.
0: Here, pull that thing a little closer. Uh, this thing. <laughs> This is, uh, yeah, this is uh,
1: getting awkward.
0: It's a little weird <laughs> because it's a little strange to do when you haven't done it before because you actually do have to get kind of o- oddly close I'm to like, the microphone. I'm like
1: kind of not blowing it right now. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's... <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're at my dad's retirement party, and uh, no one, of course, knows how to hold a microphone at all. Oh, sure. Uh, and so I did stand up at my dad's retirement and then, like uh, the next guy gets up and he's holding the wireless mic wrong because the, he's holding it really high up, mm-hmm. near, which is where the transmitter is, right? And it's interfering with it, so it keeps screwing up, and we kind of can only hear like every third word he's saying. Lovely. It's fine. He goes on. It's a funny presentation. It's a small enough room so that we can hear him when the, it's not over the PA. But then the next guy goes up and he does the. He starts doing the same thing immediately holding the mic way too high. So I go, hey, just before... So it's not awkward. I just go, hey, Steve, hold it further down. And then and then he just lowers his... He doesn't lower his hand on the mic. He just lowers the mic oh, further Jesus. down. And I just went, no, no, no. Hold it further down the mic. And then so he like slides his hand down the mic. And then I said, okay, now stroke it. <laughs> <laughs> in front of this room of people. So oh, then Lord. later... Uh, this woman gets up who's taking over my dad's job at his uh, the company he's retiring from. And she goes, um, this is so weird, Brendan. Ever since you made that joke that Steve had uh, when Steve was up here, I feel really uncomfortable holding this. <laughs> and I said, why? Because it's black? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm laughing really loud and yeah, obnoxiously. Yeah, yeah. It's, too, it's <laughs> that's the
0: other thing that's weird. Corey, when Corey Wood, you said you listened to the Corey Wood episode. Yeah. Corey Wood had to keep turning his head to the side and
1: laughing outside of the range of the mic, and you could still hear him laughing too, even when it wasn't like yeah. right, like in front of the mic. Like,
0: yeah. yeah, I have a great time with him. He's he's a lot of fun to have on this on the pod. Uh, friend of the
1: pod, friend of the pod, Corey Wood. Oh Lord, you're turning into one of them podcasters. Yeah, this co-
0: I know, right? It's so it's really like the here's the thing. Nothing, everything in podcasting's already been done. Oh yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no new territory to explore and so it's so funny because i feel like i you know how do you be authentic in a space in which everything original's already happened basically and it's kind of like there's so many people out there who have access to this equipment this all together cost me like a few hundred bucks at best yeah and you could really do this from your cell phone direct i mean honestly and oh, so yeah. like
1: well you remember um kendra carr Hmm. um So she and I had talked about doing a podcast and like long distance wise, we were trying to logistically figure that out. We still haven't figured it out yet. And it was, we just wanted to focus it around us drinking beer because we like drinking. Nice. So that sounds very Midwest.
0: Oh yeah, totally. Kendra Carr, uh, to those listeners is, uh, now a radio host,
1: uh, was a radio host.
0: Holy shit. No longer a radio host.
1: No longer a radio host. Whole, (laughs) whole thing with that.
0: I love that this microphone literally just came apart.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Inspector Gadget Actually, some likes, no It was more. the
0: mic stand. Um, we're having a lot of technical difficulties here on the Madness Continues Podcast. Uh, There's your
1: originality right there. Yeah. Technical difficulties.
0: If this thing could fall apart. Uh, <laughs> so you just, um, you have a lot going on in your life right now, Dude, man. Dude, yes. You you've got a house? I got a house, You yes. and your husband bought a house? We did. Yeah. Oh my God, that got, was a process. You're hanging out with your kid a lot?
1: Yeah, that's been also a process. Like, where do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, let's start this. Let's start here. Uh, This week, and so I'm gonna. Oh Jesus! I know where we're going with this. Yeah, (laughs) I'm. I might release this tomorrow, and then do Dylan's the following week because uh, the this shows sooner. Uh, Maybe I'll release this and Dylan's tomorrow. Who knows? Anyway, um, you and I are doing the uh, World Series of Comedy Show. Oh Lord! At yeah, at Zanies and Rosemont.
1: It's gonna be interesting to say the least.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I so I went and I I did the World Series of well, Comedy. Well, yeah, you did Fort Wayne, right? I did Fort Wayne, and uh, it was uh, fine. <laughs> I feel like I'm not going to advance in the next round. No, I'm not. I don't know who is, but it's probably not going to be me. And so I guess I don't have really owed them anything. Is kind of how I feel. I mean, I paid them to yeah. go up. It was not like I don't. Okay, look, I've been to a, a few festivals now, and um, it was on the lower end of those, fat it was like glorified road comedy, road dog comedy. Sure. So these were a lot of guys who just really like Fort Wayne was right in their wheelhouse, if that makes sense. And there's nothing wrong with Fort Wayne and there's nothing wrong with like, um, you know, the Fort Wayne comedy club It was very nice, Yeah. but there was just kind of a point where I got there and I was like, these are these, I don't know if I really want to like live in this Part of this world. Does right. that make sense? No, yeah, totally. Like the guys who won had been doing road comedy for 20 years and they were like, and the kind of stuff that, like, yeah, I just, it just didn't really feel like. It's
1: like Larry Reeves, except if Larry reed didn't get funnier. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was like uh, the dude who hosted it was making, I mean, he just wasn't that funny. And there was a group of black people in the audience and every person who was associated with the world series of comedy got up and made the same jokes about like your dicks are big
1: blue yeah and, yeah so i have a buddy uh his name is tj wary he's yeah. a comic that well he started in um this is what you do to get book more is bad mouth the festivals that yeah put you, <laughs> I was, put you on. yeah no i was thinking about that well we haven't even started to really bad mouth it yet we're just uh no. we're just it, giving some setting here yeah. No, i have a buddy his name is tj wary and he uh, started in um i think boise Mm. And he lives uh, over by Purdue now, because his wife is out there, regardless of the pointless information. Anyways, he and I worked with Dave Landau, who yep. was a friend of mutual friend of ours.
0: Yeah, now on the Artie and Anthony show. Yeah,
1: well, it's actually the Anthony Cumia show. It's yeah. no longer uh, Artie and Anthony. So now it's just Dave and, Artie,
0: or and Anthony? Yeah,
1: so uh, <laughs> oh Artie, my God. Like, Dave was on the show for... F- Four days, at, like, officially on the show for, like, four days. And, and then, then Artie, Artie left. Well, Artie was then in the hospital. Jesus. And then he's also had, like, a lot of, like, drug issues, and that's why he was in the hospital. Yeah. And then he also had, like, a court date for a sentencing coming up because they found a whole shit ton of heroin on, at his place or wow. whatever. So they kind of gracefully let him go, and then it's now just um, Anthony Cumia. The Anthony Cumia show with Dave Lando.
0: Wow. I know. That's kind of amazing.
1: Yeah, it's great for Dave. Like I've been, I subscribed just because Dave was on there. Yeah, and he, he's like a,
0: he's one of the nicest guys too. Uh, and Travis and I both opened for him. Travis, I guess, featured for him. Yep. Uh, at the uh, Big Tommy's in Novi, Michigan,
1: last summer. Yeah.
0: Which is where Dave used to live, but now is moving to New York because he's going to be on. He's
1: splitting his time. actually. Yeah, splitting his time. But I, it's he was, nice to have that kind of disposable income.
0: Oof. I mean, I hope he's doing well because of the uh, show. I can't, I, I imagine he, he must be.
1: Yeah, he, I'm sure he's doing quite well.
0: I mean, he's his, from here on out, his, any of the he- shows he headlines are going to be super popular. Well, he
1: just did a one nighter in West Virginia, and TJ, who I was telling you about, featured for him. And I just sent him a message the weekend after, yeah. the beginning week of, the, and I was just like, hey, how'd the show go? And he was like, it went really, really well. A lot of our uh, Anthony Cumia fans were there. And nice. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. Yeah. I and mean,
0: it's got to be sold. He's got to like sell out now.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, he was probably doing well to close to selling out most places he goes anyway, to anyways. Yeah.
0: And then he did uh, and then he got uh this is not happening. Yep. And then he got the show. Mhm. I mean, like that's uh, man. Yeah, he's on a roll, man. And I'm happy that's really for him. Cool. He's
1: such a good dude. I feel bad for him right now. He just like his uh he's going through some family stuff right now that is kind of tough. You might have seen it uh a little bit. Yeah. So he's got some family stuff going on. I feel bad for him. I reached out to him and he's doing okay. Should but it's- send
0: him some support too. He you know, one of the things I dig about him is that he's not I mean, he has a lot of good things going on right now and he will still write you back. Yeah. If you message him, he'll he'll message you he back. It might be, take him a little with, bit but yes. within with at least within a couple of days. Yeah. And uh, he'll be like, Thanks, man. And it feels like heartfelt, like it doesn't feel I've messaged other people before where I'm like, Really cool that you're you got this going on, really happy to see that you're doing well. And then they'll write back like cool yeah and you're like what the fuck (laughs) yeah it's so disingenuous yeah dave's
1: one of the most sincere guys i've ever met and he's kind of who i want to emulate myself as comedy wise like in the terms of like because dave gave both of us an opportunity yeah um and it's kind i find it to be kind of one of these pay it forward type things totally like i feel like that's what comedy should be like pay it forward like if you get a gig and you have the opportunity to hook somebody up Hook them up, and then if you've been hooked up by somebody, try yeah, to tr- do the same.
0: Do the same for somebody else. It's kind of weird because I think that in, in you know one of the themes of this program sometimes is shitting on the Chicago comedy scene. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can do that in spades. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's funny because you've been here for coming up on two years now, almost three, three years. Yeah, and it's it's interesting to me because I'll talk with people who 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 have been here for like a few years and who don't know you. Yeah. Because you do a lot of comedy and you do a lot of road gigs yeah. and you do a lot of gigs outside of the city, but you don't really like doing comedy in Chicago that no. much.
1: I did uh, recently... Um, just because I know him, uh Pat Hoban. Yeah. Um he's got the that showcase rad in the basement. In the of basement Ram of the Crackers comic book school comics. Store. Yeah. Um so I did that and I only It's a great show. Oh dude, it was fantastic. It was so much fun. I had a great time. Yep. But yeah, I like the mics and stuff like that. Like I've been so over the mics, like maybe six months into me moving. They're hard. horrible. Yeah.
0: I mean they're they're honestly they're honestly awful. I applaud
1: you because you did the like hundred days or
0: hundred Yeah,
1: hundred and nine days. Yeah, hundred and nine days straight of yeah. comics. I would have blown my fucking brains out. It if was I had done
0: that. It was um it's funny because I, I talk with a few people about it and one of the things that I realized is about two and a half months into that, so probably ten weeks in, uh I so hold on, ten weeks in is what, seventy days? Uh yeah, about that. Yeah. I realized I wasn't gonna get any I I really – and it wasn't like I realized it like, oh, shit, and it was the first-time thought. It was like a, a, a grounded conclusion that yeah. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get any better now. Yeah. Like this, this, this is my ability to get better from four minutes on stage has run its course. I
1: think the only benefit that you could probably take away from that is that you were at least probably trying to write – at least new material to try and run it after you had done some stuff had run its course and you were like, okay, I got to try something different. The only
0: thing that, well, it's funny you should say that, Travis, because I couldn't, one of the things that hit me a month in was that I wasn't having it. I did not have enough time to write and I didn't have enough time to refine stuff Mm -hmm. because it takes so much time to go do open mics. Oh yeah. And it takes so much time to go and wait, and then do your four minutes, and then, like, you gotta go home. Well, and then and...
1: you're waiting for people that don't care. Yeah. That's the problem Is that well, I have. Well, you're not
0: just waiting for people who don't care. I mean, you're waiting for an audience that doesn't care, that's for sure. Yeah. But you're also waiting for, through people who don't care about their own set and are there just to hang out. Yep. And you're waiting through people who aren't comedians and get up and do, like, weird-ass shit. Yeah. You're waiting for people who... Um, to show up and bump you cause they're friends of the hosts and like, and it kind of blows because it's like, I did the open mic scene in Chicago for two years easily. Mm-hmm. And I mean like regularly, not just the 109 days stuff, but I mean like I did, you know, almost every night a week, five days a week, two, three times a night. Like I did, I did that for two years. And it's weird because once you start getting into shows and establishing shows and, it, it takes just a lot of, like, hard-nosed grit to, like, get through that. Yeah. And then you kind of become one of the people who can show up and just go, hey, can I get on? Yeah. And then they'll put you on because it's, like, you've run a show or you run two shows or you have, like, legit road work going on or you're doing a festival or you're, you know, whatever. Right. And in my case, like, maybe I've filmed shows for the guys running the open yeah. like, or I've done photos for them or, like, something. But, like, there's some kind of value exchange where you have, like, kind of your clout, and then you become one of those guys, and then you don't give a shit about any of the new comics anymore. Right.
1: (laughs) Which is just the meanest. (laughs) Well, yeah, so it's a couple years ago. Do you know who Stu McAllister is? Yeah, of course. Okay, so Stu McAllister, for those who don't know, he's a, a veteran Grand Rapids comedian, which is where I got started doing comedy. And Stu, I would consider a mentor he would disagree with me entirely because he's, he's just not like, I'm not your mentor. I just give you some advice. Of I just give I've you learned. the advice. Yeah. I just, just fuck everybody. No, yeah. Um, but no, Stu's very much been a mentor. And so a couple years ago on the Michigan comics network, Facebook group, Stu was on this kick of telling people to quit. Oh yeah. I think you, maybe you saw that. Well, that, that, that took off across co-
0: comedy. Oh Yeah. It was at any time, really a couple of years ago is probably the sweet spot for it, but it was like, you know, there, were, especially in Chicago, like if you complained even one time, people would go, just quit
1: comedy. Yeah. Like, hey, you should just quit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, and so like, I was like, man, that's kind of harsh. Like, you know, there's some people that are kind of new. I'm, I was like maybe two years in and I was like, so I consider myself new still. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of harsh. I don't feel that I'm bad enough to quit, but I don't feel that like. I'm deserving of necessarily. And I know it wasn't pointed at me. It was pointed at other people from like the Detroit area that were like, sure. Bitching, like, Oh my God, I didn't win funniest person. What the fuck? Like yeah. it's that type of stuff. Yeah. And so then when I moved here and then I'd go to a couple of mics. uh, I would say the one there was two instances in particular. One was at Durkin's for the very short life that it was at. Oh yeah. Um, when
0: when it was hosted by um. P- Peter. Yeah. Peter. Yeah. yeah.
1: And uh, the and then the other time at the Laugh Factory. Oh, the Laugh
0: Factory open mic.
1: Yes. That's the worst open. Mic oh my in god! The city. It's it's so terrible. So uh, two both times at like these mics, I saw people up there, and I was just like, oh no, I get it. Like, I, I get it. Like, you can just, like, you can see some people that go up there and they try something and you're just like, yeah, you don't got it. Yeah. And then you can give some people a pass because you're like, oh, you're new. There's maybe something clever that you had. You're trying. You're, you're trying. working through this. You, you've seen it maybe once or twice and you're like, okay, you know, you're, you're, you've tweaked something or something something's different about the first time from the second time. Yeah. But you see some people and you're just like,
0: no. No. Yeah, it's weird because there's people who get up and are a hundred percent confident about their not good comedy. Yeah, and it's very weird to watch because you're like, dude, you just—I don't know. I what envy to- that confidence. Like I yeah. kind of do because
1: yeah. like I know I'm good, but I get up on stage and I still like five minutes. Like before, when we go up on Wednesday night, five minutes beforehand, I'm going to be a nervous wreck. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I, I feel like if I don't have a little bit of nerves before I go up on stage, I shouldn't be doing it. Well, I do have. It's funny you should say that because I have people
0: ask me sometimes uh, non comedians are like, how long have you been doing comedy? And I'm like 16 years and they're like, wow, uh, do you still get nervous? And I'm like, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. And they're like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, well, you don't ever, those feelings don't go away. You just kind of get better at managing, managing them. them. And so it's funny because uh, I, it, yeah, it just kind of like, I just, you know, you get kind of to a point where you just, you've had these nerves before and you've had them before you crushed mm-hmm. and you've had them before you've bombed. Yep. And so, you know, they don't mean anything. Right. So... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Your your feelings are pointless.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It just don't mean anything. And it's funny because the older I've gotten, the more I've been like, oh, those are just those feelings. By the way, those feelings don't mean anything. Mm -hmm. Like if I could turn around and tell like 16-year-old Brendan anything, it would be like, hey, I know you think your feelings are important, but they're just (laughs) really not that important.
1: Oh, Lord. (laughs) So we're doing, I the, uh, we're I know, doing the I doing know series of comedy. I, I know
0: you really want to fuck this girl because you really think that you love her, but your feelings don't matter.
1: <laughs> so we're doing the World Series of Comedy, which we're gonna shit yeah. on here in a second. Yeah. It's so bizarre to me how I got onto this thing too, like because you got onto it and like you got Fort Wayne, and I was like, that's sweet. And then I was I had I didn't apply for Fort Wayne, so I was like, whatever. Excuse me, I just did uh, Zanies and. Yeah. Then I was like, you all. When you apply, you also apply for the main event, but like you at least got to get into a satellite for even a a hopes prayer of getting getting into into the main event. The main event. And so the list comes out, and neither one of us were actually on the top forty list. Yep. For Zanies, and they're like, oh, you know, don't necessarily worry because like we always have people that drop out. Yep. So you might get called up. And the way that they score your that you send in a video, and then they like have four judges score your video in some way i don't know but they're like yeah if you would like feedback if we have feedback that the judges gave
0: um just directing travis to try to talk he's ta- I, he's, he's doing he's being a good conversationalist and speaking at me yeah but i, I need him to speak into well the microphone. here we
1: just like need to turn this shit more this yeah. way yeah so but then t-
0: but then don't turn uh, it away from the oh, mic damn it <laughs> It's Brendan. it's super unnatural. I have to it's admit that It's so unnatural. It's very weird to like have to because you're even if you're used to talking to a microphone on stage, it's I, bizarre to have one just hanging out. Well, yeah, in because space I'm not used to having face. this
1: flying saucer buffering my microphone when I'm yeah when talking, you're talking into it. Yeah, I'm just gonna hold it like I do it on stage. Okay, cool. <laughs> so like they judge your video and the I ask for feedback. Yep, and. Surprisingly enough, they actually emailed me feedback, and they gave the four judges notes. And uh, to summarize what they gave me, there was one judge, judge number three. I don't know this judge's name. It's just judge number three. (laughs) If I ever meet judge number three, they're going to get a piece of my mind or fist. They might also be the same thing. Um, Judge number three wrote a paragraph, five sentences worth of why... They didn't like my video that I submitted because I wore a hoodie on stage. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck I, you
0: you unprofessional hack
1: yeah it's like i thought you know it just didn't come off as you were a professional comic look like you came back from working a shift at gamestop and i was just like michael
0: che matters on netflix he did the entire thing in a hoodie it's one of the best stand-up specials i've seen on Lachlan netflix
1: patterson performed if not the finals of last comic standing but i think the semi-final round of yeah. last comic standing in a t-shirt yeah like uh, Gabriel Iglesias goes up in a Hawaiian shirt and, and shorts. shorts. Yep. Fuck off. Yeah. Like
0: that's hilarious. So
1: I was. See, that's what I mean. Is off. like.
0: So that's what I mean. Is like. There's this weird. Like the guys who do this. Like and the the people I met when I went to Fort Wayne were all like really um, road doggy. Like these kind of old schooly. Like you know. Well, I want to see you in a suit. What's the punchline here? Yeah. The punchline's got to be something. Yeah. And you're like, you just got up and told a story about how you went overseas. You didn't have any jokes. <laughs> you're like what what like there's kind of like a weird level of like they have a very specific idea of what comedy is yeah and like it's this specific idea that's been honed of like 20 or 30 it's like coming from that's what it is it's coming from the boom from the boom in the 80s yep. and they have a very specific idea of like what comedy is and you don't look like that to them mm-hmm. and that's what's so weird is like you can get up and you'll even if you're funny and people are laughing at you it's like but but that but but to step back even further Like, I mean, part of it is a pragmatic problem for you as a comedian or for me as a comedian because it's like what is funny to you and me comes from a different place than what's funny to an audience in Fort Wayne. Right. And the people who are sitting in Fort Wayne are laughing at similar shit to the judges in Fort Wayne because their comedy, you know, tastes have been honed from, like, this entire backwater – fucking almost third world like sense of working class humor. And it's the same thing where like, and I can shit. And here's the thing I'm shitting on it. I doesn't mean I made them laugh. Like I failed at like my, (laughs) at my attempt, but it reminded me of being in Edinburgh a little bit because it's like your guys' sense of humor is not quite my sense of humor. And like, it doesn't mean that I'm not funny. I'm just not funny to you right Right. now. Oh my
1: God. That just reminds me of, I was on the road, um, in, Brighton, Michigan. It was yeah. a funny business gig that I got because yeah. I've been in the door with them now for about a year. Yeah. And so... Shout out to Alicia. Alicia. Don't fuck her name up. Yeah, it's boy, Alicia. she's going to be mad. Oh, she'd be real mad. Uh, So, yeah, no, Alicia has been getting me gigs and stuff like that, and I was out doing a one-night gig in Brighton, Michigan, and I made a weekend of it because I went to a Wings game the night after, but nice. like this is at Burroughs Roadhouse, and nice. it's... About which picture like a roadhouse In the middle of the rural parts of Michigan Just on the outskirts of Metro Detroit Yep You got it Nice Like that's just exactly what it was So I go up and I mean you've seen my act before You've seen me you know i about 10-15 minutes in I do my big reveal that I'm Oh by the way I'm gay Yeah if you if didn't, you didn't if catch you didn't, If you didn't catch the husband line before <laughs> uh, So in my act there's a big reveal Because I don't sound gay and so like, no, most people don't think it, but uh, I have a reveal in my act where I let them know. And then that, like, you've seen me do this bit. I can't even tell you how many times now. And yeah, it's pretty fucking bulletproof.
0: Yeah, it, everybody likes it.
1: And because in, it's
0: it works on two levels. I think it's not just like it's the the punchline is that, uh, you know, you're gay. And then that's like a kind of a surprise. But it's also the way you set it up. Yeah is almost like a it's like somebody's gonna it's like a magician trick it's like you cover something with a silk and then you pull the silk away and and it's it's gone yeah and it's a dildo (laughs) and it's a harness and it's your husband in
1: a harness no so um so i do this bit in brighton and it bombed so fucking bad mm. except for one table Out of the 35 people that were there, there was, like, a table of six that absolutely ate up everything that I did that night. Yeah. And then that bit just bombed so fucking bad. Yeah. And I just kept plowing through it because, like, I mean, you know, if it doesn't work... Yeah, what do you got to do? You just got to move on. Yeah, you just keep going on. But, yeah, so, like, most of the crowd liked half of my stuff. Yeah. And then even some of the stuff after I did my big reveal, like, that still went okay, but... I lost 95% of the crowd after that bit. And I was like, uh, whatever, I'm still getting paid. And luckily for, for my sake, the, uh, owner or manager or whatever left, like left like five minutes into my set. Oh wow. He like, like, cause he had said, he's like, I'm taking the night off. So I'm like, it wasn't like a, Hey, uh, I left and walked out of your set. Like I was a table that walked, you know? Yeah. Um, so I couldn't get graded. Wow. So, that was a blessing in disguise.
0: That's like, I, the thing that's funny about that is that uh, it. you have the unique uh, reaction sometimes of when audience members don't get your material, you get, like, mad at them.
1: Sometimes. I've gotten better it's not, about... It's not always. It's not, and, and I don't usually lash out on them unless if, like... I think the one bit that you and I kind of worked on that I do together is the one where I talk about the guy in the suit rollerblading. Yeah. <laughs> and I get pissed off because a lot of people don't get the humor and the fact of like a grown-ass man in a suit rollerblading down Wacker Drive. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Do the bit for everybody if okay, you don't mind. So, it, I think it's pretty funny.
1: Uh, so the way the bit goes is, uh, you know, I like, I've lived in Chicago a couple years now. I like to go sightseeing. I like to go people-watching. I think it's the best form of free entertainment. That you can get and I was driving downtown one morning during everybody's morning commute and I noticed something I'll never ever forget in my life. I saw a bunch of people going down and then I saw one guy. He was bald head, white, full suit on fucking (laughs) rollerblades and then... At this point in time, like, I expect a laugh, and people don't get it. Yeah. And so I get mad at them, and I will call them out sometimes, and I'm just like, if you're waiting for a punchline, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) And that usually will get a laugh, because, like, they should have understood that it's kind of ridiculous, and then you gave me the punchline, and it was like, okay, that joke never works. Let me break it down for you here. This guy has a master's degree. (laughs) (laughs) And I took it a little step further, and I was like, he's got a Lexus in his garage at home. And he had the conversation <laughs> with his wife that morning. Was like, "Hey, honey, do you want to take the Lexus to work today? Nah, yeah. baby, give me the blades. <laughs> give me the blades. <laughs> I'm just feeling it. I really got a blade into work today. <laughs> this motherfucker's gonna close that
0: account. <laughs> it's just, it's just so funny." Oh, so, man. yeah, I did that joke and at this Holly. Guy, this guy
1: has a master's degree. <laughs> that, was the, that was the best tag you've ever given me. This guy has a master's degree. And he's wearing, he's going into work with a pair of rollerblades. <laughs> and, and too, like, after I get off that tangent and I, like, yell at the audience for half a second, then I bring it back and I'm just, like, you know. Because I, also I didn't point out, too, like, this guy, you could tell he wasn't coming from, like, a short distance because he was sweating through his shirt. <laughs> So what that told me is he didn't come from a very short commute. He was coming from somewhere very far away, you know, like 1999 when rollerblades were cool. <laughs> like, like 20 years ago when rollerblades were cool. Oh, that's great. And now I see, and this isn't even a bit, this is just something I've seen and I absolutely hate around downtown because I work downtown. And I see grown-ass men in at least their late 20s, if not 40s. I've definitely seen a guy in at least his 40s. Yeah going down the sidewalk on a fucking razor scooter and i want to drop kick them every single time
0: (sighs) yeah i've seen that too and it makes uh, me so mad it's i don't know why i don't know what that is if it's like some kind of nostalgic or i I don't know exactly what it where it comes from but it's it's, not
1: saving you much more energy than walking it's
0: kind of gross and there's something weird about it where it's like this isn't you look like a big idiot like, you just look like a big you idiot. You look like kid. a
1: rolling synonym for lazy.
0: You look like a guy who. You look like a 13 year old who got voted president of the sixth grade and, <laughs> and this then is, never left. Yeah. Yeah. And this is your. And you're. That's why you're dressed up in your professional clothes and riding a razor scooter. Yeah. Because you're just a big idiot kid.
1: You might as well have gotten, like, one of those, like, ball caps with a fucking propeller on it's the top. It's just not of it. cute,
0: man. Nobody, no, not at all. Nobody wants to fuck anybody on a razor scooter. No.
1: And you. Yeah. These guys are never attractive. It's never like Ryan Gosling on a razor it's scooter. It's not even
0: ironically funny. Mm-mm. Like. I just, it's, you know what I mean? If you're going to wear a razor scooter as an adult, at least have the decency to put on a superhero costume. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Then it's like, oh, it's Batman and the whole thing makes sense because you just look like a big tool. Ah, it's more
1: like Bat Kid. Bat Kid. (laughs) Bat Kid. That's a really, that's a really mean, mean spirited joke. I shouldn't say that. Uh, Are you familiar with, like, as the battery's going
0: to die? No, the battery's not going to die. Oh, it good. did, like, lose battery rather quickly, though, which is what I suspected. We got enough time to continue. We're, oh, good. We got about 15 more minutes on this guy. Sure. Um, normally, I try to keep these podcasts to about... I try to wrap it up at about 45 minutes, because one of two things will happen. Either one, depending on the guest, will start running out of steam oh. at about f- about 35 minutes We haven't minutes even in. talked
1: about the kid or the house yet. We've got plenty yeah, of Yeah, there's fans. a lot of
0: stuff to talk about. But, like, uh, other times... Sometimes the guests come in and you're like, oh, this will be a really fun conversation. And then when you start getting into it, you're like, oh, actually, there's not a lot to this person. <laughs> like, and they just do, they just, that's why. And then when you think about it in your, it's almost like, I'll be sitting on this couch where we're sitting now and I'll be having the conversation and I'll be thinking, oh, that's why their material is all about like fast food and like, <laughs> you know, taking Ubers places yeah. and like, oh, it turns out there's not a lot here. Yeah. And and, uh, I will mention zero names.
1: That's probably for the best,
0: <laughs> yeah. and and anyway, and then there's other times where I'll start trying to wrap it up at forty five and then we'll go for another thirty minutes, right? Like because there's just something you know, we'll just discover something that's just like really. Like Corey Wood talking about losing his faith in God, where you're like, Jesus, man, that, that's so Yeah, that so was heavy. one that
1: was like, oh, we should try and wrap this up. And then it was another 25 minutes before he yeah. was actually wrapped it up. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's I a, didn't hate that, by the way. I actually kind of like podcasts to go almost to an hour because – Yeah, like, it doesn't bother an, me either. An hour seems like a good – like Pete Holmes has a podca- podcast, and it goes usually an hour and a half, but yeah. more closer to two hours than it does an hour and a half. And I love Pete Holmes's podcast, but sometimes a bit much
0: yeah the you made it weird right yeah. um well let's talk about yeah let's talk about the house and then let's talk about the kid all because, right we'll go
1: backwards in time
0: yeah i feel like we'll make through the house thing pretty quickly but you and your husband bought a house
1: yeah so we bought a place we had been renting over well you had been our place over yeah. in streeterville yep. and uh it was i don't know like november last year i want to say yeah we you know, i had been. I knew that, like, come May ish, we were gonna get the renewal offer for our lease, and they raised our rent a lot. Our place was way under market value, so it was like mm-hmm. we knew we were gonna have to probably move because we weren't. You gonna-
0: guys had a two bedroom down there, yeah. That was like pretty amazing. It was high rise, a great view. Yeah, it was fun. It yeah, was, it was a, good, a place. good time. You had enough room for your
1: dog. Yeah, like it was really pretty nice. So we, I had urged Kyle to be like, let's uh, let's look at buying a place, and mm-hmm. let's look like let's start the process like sometime this winter not necessarily like we need to pull the trigger early because our lease was up in our lease is up in august of this year so like we uh, technically we still are on it but we're uh, we're subletting out yeah one, yeah like um so i was like let's just kind of like look into it and then it just kind of all spiraled out of hand really fast oh wow and kind of like a good way like we were just kind of looking at places online and then kyle like had hit the like uh type in your email and you know to inquire about more information or something like that and then we got a phone call from who ended up being our realtor his name is neil uh neil hackler uh real living chicago really good dude like (laughs) i'll give him that plot like if you ever looking for like he's such a nice guy like he was the best realtor yeah i mean i don't feel like we were the neediest of clients but i feel like we saw at least 30 to 40 places yeah And it wasn't because we wanted to go and see 30 to 40 places. Like initially we thought we had a budget of this and then it, then it got brought down quite a bit. Yeah. And so then we, originally we were looking at places that was like, Oh, we thought we were in this range. And then the finance guy that we were working with, he was like, you know what? Just run every place by me that you're wanting to, see and then if you're if we think you can get it then we'll tell neil and then you can go and see it yeah so it was kind of this whole process and i was put in charge of spearheading this whole like being the center of communication for it all because kyle was like just not kyle gets stressed out really easily yeah and
0: it's amazing to me because i feel like kyle is the he's how do i want to describe him it feels like he's I could see how he could be more f- fragile like with in terms of like having a lot of shit going on. Yeah. He would kind of just be like I don't want to deal with any of this.
1: Yeah, that's kind of right. Yeah. You hit that you hit that right on the head. Yeah. Um so yeah, he was like whatever, this is your thing, you get to spearhead it or sure. whatever. So I was like setting up all of our showings and all of that stuff and we saw well, we saw a lot of places that we liked. We the place that we got was actually the fourth place that we put an offer in on. Really? Yeah. It was kind of frustrating because we the first place that we saw was the best place. It was over on Ainsley over in uptown. It's like oh, wow. two blocks from our place now. Yeah. But it was You guys are just
0: part of that uptown gentrification.
1: Yeah, totally. Hey, you know what? <laughs> this is the whitest thing I'm gonna say today. Uh that gentrification is gonna raise my property value a lot. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And you know what? It's so weird to me because like I I can see okay so if you're a if you're somebody who's lived in like Pilsen, let's say, for mm-hmm. like 20 years and you're like a, you know, Hispanic and you're into the Hispanic community in Pilsen and yeah. like that's a whole thing and in the last like 5 years you've seen like Let's say your Catholic Church population diminished by half because, like, all these people are moving in. These like white, non-Hispanic, non-like whatever people are moving to your community, and it's changing the demographic of your community and upping your property values so much that you're actually having trouble paying taxes to keep up with it. Yeah, like I can appreciate how someone can be, get put into some hot water. Oh there, sure, yeah. But like we're talking about uptown where people yeah. get murdered, and you're like, if you're If you, first of all, it's Chicago, so everybody gets murdered. Yeah, everybody.
1: You're gonna die eventually,
0: (laughs) but like, but like, if you're moving into uptown and increasing property values and taking care of your property and putting money into the community because you're like a a produce, you know, you produce. Yeah, I feel like I don't know why we have such this bad term that like, you know, I the only two things that actually ever raise a community's property values are gay men and white women. Those are the only two things.
1: I'm on one side of that (laughs) scale. So so I, yeah. I and here's the thing.
0: That's not an express that's not a statement of belief on my part or a statement that's, of of aspiration. That's, that's a, a statement of fact. Yeah, that's <laughs> super fact.
1: I think it was um Alonzo Bowden's special, Who's Paying Attention when he's talking about <laughs> like uh somebody's like uh property value being like uh uh being, you know, down or whatever it is yeah. and he was just like, "Hey, if two gay men want to buy my property, there's gonna be a wedding." Like and this is before gay marriage was a thing too. Yeah. So he was like, "I've got a gun and a Bible. Like we'll we'll make this happen."
0: It's so funny because uh, Michael Chay Matters he talks about that. He's like, "Do you know how powerful white women are? Do you understand? You're so powerful. You don't even understand how powerful you are. You're so powerful that you have the ability to raise property
1: values." <laughs> So we <laughs> <laughs> So we the first place we saw uh was three we were ideally looking for a three bedroom place, three bed, two bath. Sure. And the problem was is that our budget kept getting lowered, so the opportunity of a three-bed, two bed place was very limited. And yeah there was this diamond in the rough up on Ainsley, and we put an offer in and it was listed at like 280 and we wanted closing costs it's really not that bad no that's actually super under under market value yeah and we put an offer in basically at listing and we knew that there was another offer on the table and so our realtor had talked to the other agent and was like hey we're gonna put in an offer should we put in like our highest and best now because we know one's already on the table or should we just put in our normal offer and then we'll come back for a second round of bidding yeah and she was like oh put in your offer normal we'll come for a second round of bidding So we put in our offer at list and we find out the next day we were waiting for a phone call. We were like, we'll hear next tomorrow morning. Uh So then next morning comes around and I get a phone call at work and it was my realtor. And he's like, yeah, they went with the other other offer. Wow. And he was like, I'm kind of pissed off about it, too, because like she didn't have us. I was like, I'm sorry. I thought we were under, under the understanding that. Uh, we would come back with a second offer, and she's like, Oh, well, you're the other one was better, so we just took that. And, and he was fucking pissed, yeah,
0: he's, yeah, because there's a way to do for people who don't know this, there's like a way to do real estate, yeah. And like, my family's in real estate in Metro Detroit, my grandmother's like number one top producing agent in Wayne County history. Well, that or explains something. all the white privilege, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> oh, we're members of country clubs, we're actually a member of the Detroit Metro Country Club, um, Meadow White metal white country club um which is uh part of the um the uh caucasian country club alliance (laughs) (laughs) um and i remember growing up we used to go to a lot of no jews loud parties um anyway (laughs) 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 it's so ridiculous uh, so anyway, so there's a way to do things in real estate, yeah. and that's not the that's way not that how you done. handle
1: it. And so I was just really mad. Kyle was really mad too. And my, I remember my first thought, and I I've been trying to make I've got I'm trying to fit this into a bit somewhere that I do on stage. But basically, like that was my first my first initial thought coming off of that phone call was, well, let's burn this bitch to the ground. Yeah, <laughs> let's go let's go firebomb this house. Like if we can't have it, no one's getting it. <laughs> So then we put an offer. Oh in. my god! We put an offer in on a second place over at Magnolia in Wilson. and sure. That place needed a lot of work, and the uh, the owner was asking way too much for it. Okay. And we were like, "Yeah, we're gonna lowball you." And they like just wouldn't play ball. They had this like very high opinion of this rundown piece of shit. Like the tile flooring in this kitchen was. God, he is fucked. This is the
0: other other thing about real estate is like having grown up sort of in this world is that like people, because they love their home, they think their home is worth so much more than it is.
1: Well, in this particular place, the owners had paid the place off. Yeah. So they were banking everything, except for the fees that went along to, like, the agents and whatnot. Boo. But otherwise... So, yeah, like, they were trying to, like, net a certain amount. Yeah. Which was kind of fucking yeah, it's like the tail wagging
0: the dog. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like, it's, you no, know, let's look at the property and see what we think it's reasonably yeah, worth. Yeah, like, the
1: wood floors creaked, like, the... The fucking kitchen needed to be completely redone. Yeah, it's like just... it was just, it, it was work that we were willing to do if we got like forty grand off their asking.
0: Yeah, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah, but th- that's not gonna happen. Yeah,
1: so we ended up not getting that place, which I was kind of like on the fence about anyway. So I was like, well, whatever. Third place we tried getting was just four places down from that one on oh, wow. Magnolia. And we actually had, like, some back and forth, like, countering going with them. And it was kind of perfect because, like, they had tenants in there until August. And we we're like, huh, perfect. We're in our place until August. That would sure. be the best timing ever. And the only thing we asked was that the owner, because she had good, she was on good terms with the tenants, to, like, be like, hey, could you leave them, like, the end of July instead of the end of August? It's, like, a month difference. And she just wouldn't have that uncom- uncomfortable conversation with them. And then they just, like, kind of just fizzled out. Uh so we were getting really discouraged, and then we were super happy that we got the place that we did. Um, it's about the same size of the place that we had, two bed, two bath. Um, yeah. And I I like it more. Like I like the kitchen space and the living space a lot more than I like our old place. Yeah. So it's worked out. We moved in over the weekend of my birthday, and we had we had um, my son. So yeah. That, he we put him to work.
0: <laughs> nice.
1: So, yeah, that was... Uh, that Every was,
0: uh, picture I see of him on Facebook, he just looks like he's so smiley and happy. He's such a good kid. Yeah. Oh,
1: my God, he's such a happy kid. And, like, he's just... He's exactly like me. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> even kidding. Like, yeah. I mean, you've seen pictures. He looks just like Yeah, me. he looks exactly like you. And then if you meet him in person, uh, he's just as clumsy and just as, I'm like, starting to... He
0: looks so much like you, I'm starting to think his mom was actually your fraternal twin.
1: Uh, I... I I like to joke. If you don't know anything about biology, it was just all me. (laughs) Because for reals, like he, I don't see many traits of his mom in him at all. Yeah, and I'm sure that some will pop up eventually, but like I haven't seen any yet, and he's seven. So, but he's just such a funny kid. Like he likes to make jokes, and he likes to. um, He's just a fun, fun fun-loving kid. He's kind of there was a a whole.
0: So, like that's the thing is, there was a whole not to pull this out if you don't necessarily oh, I don't really want to know. talk about it but no, like there was a whole bunch of issues around you getting time with him
1: yeah so it was kind of a big deal uh getting time with him i started seeing like um when i was with his mom his mom was the last person of the female gender that i hooked up with <laughs> um and I've only slept with, like, two girls, so it's not like I have this, like, laundry list of women that I've fooled around with before. I was like, oh, I'm gay or anything like that. Like, yeah. I'd kind of always known. But, uh, so, yeah, it like I, it was just, like, we went to high school. Him and his mom and I went to high school together, yep. and she and I, like, kind of lost touch but sort of kept in touch at the same time. And uh, we, like, had, a like, a little month summer fling and then that turned into me moving to Minnesota with her for a summer.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. I yeah. remember you telling me this. Yeah, now. so I
1: was in Minnesota for a summer in like the summer of 2010. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was right. And then uh, that did not go well. Yeah. That that did not go well. I ha- we went out to Maine. Uh, Sar- what? Yeah, sorry, we were in Maine for two weeks for like she, her mom and dad and all of her family were out in Maine and uh I, I it was the darkest time of my life oh that's awful it was terrible like if you live in maine move <laughs> i'm sorry it's 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 awful i'm sure you like it i'm sure you and all of that kenny chesney you listen to you probably love it but it's <laughs> i don't understand like I always thought Michigan was pretty hicky for being like a Northern state. And then like, I get up to Maine and I thought I was in Texas. Like oh, it was, my God. it was just the weirdest. Like I was in like the twilight zone of the country. Oh, that's it the was worst. super weird. So yeah, it was there. And then we had just found out that she was pregnant. Uh, oh wow. Prior to us going to Maine. Yeah. A week into the trip and being in Maine, it was just not going well. Everyone was being super rude to me. I have no idea why. Like I'm like, I'm like the guy that you want to bring home to your family. I'm like the nicest guy. Like, yeah. I, I feel, I mean, like I've met several uh, uh, significant others' parents and I'm very adorable. Yeah, Kyle's parents love you. Yeah, I love Kyle's parents. Like I'm, I've i never had a problem with anybody's uh, that I've dated their parents. Like I've always been like the super. But super, just Maine wasn't. Yeah, I don't know what it was, but everybody was just a dick to me, and I yeah. just I like I, to tell you how bad it was for me. I read The Born Supremacy in five days. Oh my god! And yeah, that's a you... seven hundred page book. <laughs> Like, you were
0: just like, get me. Out. You just any escape you could have. So
1: during the time of me reading the Born Supremacy, it came out that uh, I did not want to continue the relationship, and then it also came out that she also was going to ask me to leave when we got back to Minnesota. Wow. So I had to sit for five days in Maine, finishing the Born Supremacy and being like just miserable, miserable. Yeah, and also her mom had like thirty-five cats in her single-wide place. Oh and- no! Oh no! And um, I'm already not a big, huge cat fan. Like
0: thirty-five cats is thirty-five cats too many. Yeah,
1: exactly. And uh, her mom was doing uh, like Reiki crystals on the cat. Wow. Like she had these crystals, and then she'd like do flip the cats over on their back, and then like rub crystals on their belly. I was like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "I'm doing reiki." And I was like, "You're fucking crazy."
0: This is a unwritten like book of this is a this has got to be this an, is, an, an unwritten nova, novella or something. Yeah, this I is, this, this is too it's, nuts. It's
1: wild. So, um, after I left Minnesota, like I had gotten a phone call from her that she was like yeah so i had gone to the doctor and um based off of the ultrasounds like i n- yeah you're, you're gonna not be dad a, yeah well you're not dad because she had done like uh artificial insemination stuff prior to us what up. yeah like what yeah this is legit travis i'm not even kidding what I'm not even fucking around she actually went so she tried to become
0: a one of like a single mother she already was
1: and then she was like
0: she was already a single mother wanted to have another baby yeah okay got it
1: so and and I don't know the reasons why and I don't really care like whatever Um, sure it's it is what it is so then she's like you're off the hook and I was like all right have a good life and then that's I kind of just left it at that like yeah you know my mom was all bent out of shape she's like that can't be right like you, I, I, you and I have talked extensively about my mom, and like yeah, yeah, she's she's a, she's a unique woman. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. That's the nicest way of putting it. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> so like the Christmas prior to um my son being born.
0: At another point, we'll have you on the podcast to just talk about growing up in in Manistee like well we, we should do
1: like a two-parter because the, between the background of you and i meeting each other and being in that hellhole oh man oh god that yeah, was rough that's another time i
0: you listeners to the podcast i should say this i should have said this up front yeah but we like should have done lis, this up listeners front. to the podcast uh will know that i was homeless for a while mm-hmm. and when i was homeless the end of that ho- period of homelessness was i moved from colorado back to my parents house in michigan and they lived in Manistee, and I stayed in Manistee for the fall and winter of 2013 to 14. Um, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. 20, 2014 to 15. Pardon me. Um, I arrived in August of 2014 from Colorado, and then I left in June of 2015 to come here to work at uh, uh, Vibes and pursue, yeah, that sounds about pursue right. doing comedy. Yeah. Because you were living with Kyle in Grand Rapids. It um, had moved out of Manistee. But, like, that was a whole weird period of time. And that's when I met you because yeah. there was a stand up comedy show at the Ramsdale Theater that you <laughs> yeah. were doing.
1: I was actually trying to recollect how this all came yeah. down because, like, there was. And I think I
0: emailed you or something. No, you
1: called me. You yeah. got my phone number from Joanne Muma at the Ramsdale Theater, yeah. Because I was on the board of directors, and you had heard that there was a comedy show going on, and I was the MC of it. And yeah. you're just like, can I get some time? And I was like, I don't know if we can actually do a guest set. Like, I can check. But, like, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. we ended up getting beers, and then that's just how we hit yeah, it off. Yeah, then we kind of just
0: hit it off. Um, But to get back to this point, so so your mother was like, I don't, I, I don't think that, that math lines up. This She's got to be mistaken.
1: Well, yeah, so then, like, Christmas time, like, she reached out to... Uh, I, i'm trying not to name names here but she yeah, reached yeah, out yeah. to her and uh she w- got a response that was like nope it's definitely definitely for sure not travis and yeah so my mom like f- printed off the email and threw it in my face and she was like merry christmas wow okay yeah she was really real bent out of shape about it so then february comes around and then because like I could just
0: see your mother being like well if travis has a child then that means he has to be not gay well i
1: wasn't even out yet
0: Oh. I wasn't
1: even out. I didn't come out like the Christmas this was Christmas of 2010 and then I didn't come out until May of 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. Um so then February of 2011 comes around and then that's when my son was born. Yeah. Maybe 2 weeks after he was born, she hits me up and she's like, oh, "Hey, by the way, <laughs> he looks just like you." Oh, no. And so I was like, "Okay, what now?" like i i mean when she said it i wasn't like surprised you know i was kind of like eh, i mean that still seems kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. a thing that could have been and i was kind of in this like disbelief and like i had just kind of like moved on but like she's like i'm not really asking for anything at the time and you know i just wanted you to know and i was like okay so time goes by and like it, i mean really you could fast forward like a year before any, like, traction came of it, like, I got served with papers for child support. Yeah. Like, a year after... He, I mean, he was over a year at this point. Yeah. And um, so I had to go through that whole rigmarole, did, like, the DNA test and all that stuff. And then yeah. finally, when he almost turned two... Well, so two, did this...
0: But, but so did this, over that year period of time, did this, like... Fester within you, or did you ever? Were you ever like, "What the fuck is going on?" Or like, because I know you had a lot of shit. We've talked before, and okay, and we'll have a part two where we kind of maybe dive into more detail over y- your life during this period of time. But like, you had a lot of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had been at this point in time, I had come out of the closet, and I had been dealing uh, with my first relationship that did not go so well. Yep. Um. Then. Also dealing with a very religious uh, mother and dealing with all of that. Yep. And then, um, yeah, just trying to navigate uh, life and stuff like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, I was pretty tapped out uh, emotionally, to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then... so yeah, I was just kind of like very disconnected from it all.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's they're in Minnesota, so it's like
1: yeah, and that was the thing too is like, what am I gonna do? Like, I was in Michigan, we we're and they were in Minnesota. It was like an eight hour and a half hour drive. Like, what was I gonna do? Take a one year old home for the weekend? Like, yeah. that's just not. So like, sh- I saw him for the first time when he was almost two years old. They were in Michigan, and like, uh, when we were in school in high school together. Uh, we live three houses down from each other. Yeah. So like we, and I dated her best friend. So like it was, that's how I like, we hung out all the time. Mm -hmm. And so like I saw him, we went to Chuck E. Cheese. Like there's a picture on my fridge of me and Kyle and him at Chuck E. Cheese when he was like almost two. And then we like Skyped, you know, like every month we try to Skype for a little bit just to, you know, say hi and stuff like that. And then, Fast forward to his third birthday and then we um we Kyle and I drove to Minnesota to go hang out for his birthday. Yeah. Bought him like some gifts and stuff, stayed at a hotel, went to Chuck E. Cheese and all that stuff. And it was just real weird. And like she had brought a friend to a company to um Chuck E. Cheese. Uh-huh. Which whatever. It's like a weird, uncomfortable thing. Yeah, I can get it. What like
0: as a safety or like what? Like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think like, there's like, any safer kind of, place than Chuck E. Cheese. Some kind but, of emotional support friend. Or, yeah, like,
1: I don't. I'm not sure, but yeah. something to that extent. Was so. this another woman that yeah. she brought?
0: Okay, got it. Like and for
1: a time there, I thought she was a lesbian, which I was like, that makes sense.
0: <laughs> That's hilarious, but not
1: not to be the case. But
0: like, so she brought some other person just to kind of be around, like, and was. Like that, I yeah, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it was
1: strange. I couldn't quite peg it down, but it it is what it was. So then we went to their house the day after Chuck E. Cheese and like hung out and stuff like that. Yeah, and we like took pictures and came, played with played with him and like did you know toys and Legos and all that other shit. And then we get back to Michigan and I sent her a text and I was like, Hey, it was great. You know, thanks for having us out. It was great to see you. Um when can we set up a time to skype and then i never heard from her again wow she like and i she like didn't text me back and then i saw on her facebook that she was like hey i changed my number so like if um you want my new number just text me or send me yours and then um i'll you know i'll have it and you'll have mine so I sent her a message. I was like, "Hey, this is maybe why we, you know, you didn't connect on me to Skype. Here's my number." And then she blocked me from Facebook. What? And then blocked Kyle from Facebook. What? And blocked my mom from Facebook. So, like, what? Okay. So, what happened? Did anything happen? No, I don't. I don't really know. I know, like, there was points in time where I was kind of pissy about like dealing with like child support stuff, and like, and I get it. It's a frustrating topic and stuff like that. And I like at the time I was still kind of like irked that I was being held for like a year's worth of support when I didn't even know he was mine. Yeah. And that really, and like, I'm still having to deal with that now. Um, and it's fine. Like I, I I understand like he's my responsibility and stuff like that. So I'm happy to do it, but it was Yeah, but I mean
0: like you, and then also, you know, I can imagine, you know, there's a, there's maybe a listener who would be like, well, what the fuck, man? Like, if you didn't, you know, child support is, like, really important. Like, Travis, you've done nothing but, I mean, like, the amount of incorporation that you've had to bring him into your life now. Oh, my God, yeah. It's been a lot. Yeah, and it, so I, I get the feeling, and just knowing you as I do, like, it, something like that would not be, you know, and I, having known what some of the things that were going on in your life during that period of time... If you had had that money and you knew that that kid was yours, you would have just paid it. Right. Like, it has nothing to do with, you know, being like, I'm not going to pay this bitch any money or, like, any of that shit.
1: No, that was never the case. Yeah, Um, it just
0: was, there was a, life is complicated. Yeah. And this was a complicated, weird situation in which you were kind of like, all right, this chick who I don't kind of even really know is telling me that this is my kid and I see no evidence of this right. and we're not talking. And then,
1: I mean, you fast forward like the, the, the time frame to when the evidence became clear and then they, like, they were like, well, we're still slapping you with this bill for a year and a half running. It's like, for real? Like, yeah, that's a thing that you can do. Like, yeah, Minnesota is actually uh, one of the strictest states to deal with like child support type stuff. Yeah, which is kind of shitty. Um, so basically, after the communication gets cut cut off entirely, yep. Um, I didn't hear from them for three and a half years. And
0: this is and during this period of time, you're still paying child support, basically, yeah. and like and you're not you don't hear from them. You have no contact with your son, none whatsoever.
1: Yeah. So uh, finally, um, when we moved to Chicago, I wasn't working. I had been fired from my last job in Grand Rapids and yeah. that's a whole that was a whole I've never been fired from a job before like prior to that and I always left jobs on my own terms yeah and just as a little aside when they like let me go it was like the day before my 90 days hit <laughs> And they're just like you're not a good fit, and then they're and they're like,
0: like you didn't, yeah, it took you 89 days to realize this. Well,
1: and I was kind of already over the job anyways, and I had some red flags, but then like they're like, do you have anything else you want to say? And this is the my boss who had a glass eye, which I still can't not make fun of. Like <laughs> he's a piece of shit. Yeah, and then the HR manager, and there's like, do you have any questions or you have anything you want to say? And I was like, well, I can't wait to talk about you guys on stage. <laughs> And then I went to Grin's that night and oh, talked about the on That's stage. great. Yeah. So um, when I wasn't working, like I was only driving for Uber and Uber wasn't giving me a whole lot of money. No, here of in course not. Con- yeah. So like I wasn't able to like Uber pay. doesn't give anybody a hell of a lot of money. No, they don't. Uh, if, if you want any advice from a uh, good old uncle Travis, don't, uh, don't drive for Uber. Oh man. So I wasn't able to pay child support while I was driving for Uber because like Kyle and I were just paying bills and, you know, living life and stuff like that. And it wasn't like for a desire to not pay. It was more for a, you know, you didn't have, yeah, have the money. Yeah. So, um, I finally got served with papers in cause like if, uh, you owe child support in a state that is. And you live in an adjacent state to that state. Yeah, uh, that they federal law allows that that state you're in to collect on that state's behalf. Sure. So I got served with papers from uh, the state of Illinois. To basically They were like Trying to take my license And try to throw me in jail And shit like that So I had to hire an attorney First attorney that I hired Like They did literally nothing <laughs> Like I'm not even kidding Like I'm actually throwing them in, I'm gonna be throwing them In front of this Illinois State Bar Association Wow Yeah They're like They did nothing Wow They had my case for like Six months And did nothing I fired them And then I hired another firm Based off of A recommendation from my boss I, I work at a law firm now Yeah and Yeah you're a
0: paralegal Yeah You make decent money You do well Yeah
1: and in addition uh,
0: to comedy yeah, yeah in
1: addition to doing comedy and stuff like that so then uh so my boss was like here uh go to this guy and it was kind of funny because i had looked this guy up prior to him giving me the recommendation anyways yep and i was gonna call him and he's like yeah he was my roommate in college <laughs> and i was like okay and so like i had they had my case and in three months taken care of wow they got shit done so, I, and then I had to hire an attorney in Minnesota last summer to deal with trying to get like parenting time established. Yeah. And see, that's
0: the thing that really blows my mind about this situation is that I think that I don't think there's a lot of people who would disagree, who would say, like, okay you, like, oh, child support is wrong across the board. I think it's kind of fucked up that you can owe child support for a period of time in which no one notified you that right. you're the father. I think that's kind of fucked up. And then I think the other thing that's kind of fucked up about it is that it's like you, you know, there's enough people who have trouble paying their bills on their face that I feel like, you know, you can't, you can't pay things that you don't have. right And... So I think that that's kind of weird. Well, but, that, I, but I think just to, to finish yeah. this point, I think the thing that's really fucked up about it is that I don't. I don't. I think it's f- really bizarre that you can not that you can f- ne- have no contact except legal contact with somebody and be like, "You owe me money," and I'm not letting you. Have no idea how your kid is doing. Yeah, like that's super strange.
1: Yeah. The the in our case, uh, the rules were not followed. Like. Like, cause you could, uh, technically I should have done some things. She should have done some things. We both kind of broke yeah, the rules sure. like, um, and basically we build up to this, this crux of a point in October of last year where, um, we had like a hearing set up, uh, on, in September and I had, C- I could see her for the first time in almost four years and she's there with her uh, husband. Yeah. And, um, and of course, I'm like not happy to be there and I don't want to see them. And they're my enemy at this point. Yeah. And her husband comes up to me and he extends his hand and he says hi and he ex- introduces himself. And I just stare there for like 10 seconds and I just look at his extended hand. It's like very like cinema style like yeah about to get punched in the face like you're about to like get punched in the face kind of scene and i shake his hand and kyle's standing right next to me he's like i cannot believe you didn't like just explode yeah um and then the next day was well, he a
0: bad guy no he,
1: he's a great guy yeah so um we go to october and we had this like mediation session basically where we each got to sit there with our attorneys and the attorneys didn't talk it was just her and i there and we each got our time to say our thing and so like i we're supposed to do like 25 minutes worth of speaking to get your story out or whatever mm. and i probably spoke for like 45 which is the <laughs> first time i've ever oh, wow. done 45 minutes with zero punchlines
0: Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah you gotta say that on stage that's pretty good
1: yes yeah, so at some point in time i'll figure out how to fit that in but it was um and then, like, that's
0: so funny. I said that to Gloria just the other day. <laughs> at some at some point in time, I'll we'll figure out how to fit this in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so uh, I speak and do my thing, and then she asked for like a five minute recess after I got done speaking because she was very like, it was a lot. It's probably a lot. A lot to handle. And she gets back, and the first thing she says is, "I'd like to just start by saying, you know, I I, I owe Travis an apology." And she was like, I'm sorry for the way that I've handled these things. I did not handle how this wow. went, uh, how th- these things have played out. I did not handle them well. I didn't consider your feelings about this. Yeah. And right then, like f- three and a half years of just like... The most vile hatred I've ever had in my heart, like, yeah. and I'm not a very hateful person. Like, I might talk a lot of shit, but like, I usually you're
0: holding somebody's son away from them. I mean, yeah.
1: So I, I mean, I, I and just in general, like, I talk a lot. Of, I talk a big game and I talk a lot of shit, but like, yeah, I'm, you just I'm, don't... I'm, a, I'm a real pussy. Like, yeah, <laughs> but like that three and a half years of all this hate that I had just went away. Yeah, it just was completely gone. And then we were in front of two like neutral parties. It was like a retired family law judge and a like child psychiatrist that dealt with like family abandonment issues. And they were like the neutral parties to like make a recommendation of what we should do. Yeah. So they make a recommendation that um, starting immediately that I would see him every Month for at least one week and a month yeah, And then like a holidays schedule built out And a summer schedule and all that other shit Sure, And we could either agree to it We could disagree to it, we could agree to part of it But not all of it, and then go yeah. from there And to my complete shock I'm still kind of shocked about it, but we agreed to All of it Yeah, And so then starting in November uh, We kind of like eased my way into Seeing my son again, I went out to Minnesota And hung out with him for a weekend And then we went again in December, me and Kyle did We yeah. went to, for Christmas And then they came in January, like as a family to hang out and then start. And then February we went for his birthday. But then starting in March, he's been coming by himself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that's when, so that's, that's when I've started to notice that. Cause I I remember ever since we, I met you, we, we, this has been going on. Yeah. And it's just been interesting to see like, you know, you have just so much, I mean, like so much stuff on Facebook where you're posting this. And it's interesting to me because I'm like, and i told Gloria this as I'm like, you don't like, this is a really big deal that like this is going on. And it's been really wonderful to like, see you guys having such a good time. And like, he's having such a good time. And you're at like North Avenue beat or Montrose, I think. Yeah, we are at Montrose and like hanging out. And like, I, I think for even for him, like, you know, if it sounds like she's not, so I didn't know this story. And, and in my, in the past i've been like wow this woman's fucking awful or whatever but it sounds like she's probably had in in her defense had her own things going on
1: yeah and we admitted to ourselves like after that mediation session hey we both handled this wrong yeah and we just wanted to. you guys
0: are young and human beings and like people do all kinds of messed up stuff yeah so
1: we we both agreed that because both of us come from fucked up backgrounds with our parents like she had parents that like totally just like were terrible to her and my parents divorced and like the way that they treated us based off of my parenting time and my parenting time and all that stuff it was just really shitty we got caught in the middle of it yeah so we were both like yeah we want to do better than what our parents did and we weren't so we were like let's just do better
0: and i mean like it sounds like she's married maybe and if this guy's a good guy like he's a good dude like like, if that's a stable situation and you and you and kyle are so stable yeah so like We
1: we are the definition of stable yeah
0: you guys are really and so and you, you know you have a house here. and so for him, it feels like he you know there's an opportunity to have not even not just one but like two really loving, loving families that can hold him in this position where he can experience a lot of different Minnesotas, different from Chicago. yeah, And And
1: it's fantastic too, because like once he finally realized that like, you know, he's got mom and his stepdad in Minnesota and then me and Kyle here, and then he just kind of put it together. He's like, I've got three dads. And it was kind of like happy about (laughs) it, which is cool. Like we have this like weird modern family-esque like type yeah this situation is, this is really a sitcom writing itself like, yeah I'm basically not, i've been talking to dave about this like yeah. dave and i've been talking about yeah, you
0: need to write a pilot for it because yeah. that's definitely it's a really interesting situation
1: i would want to maybe do it from the perspective of him yeah and like him going back and forth
0: between like yeah two families and yeah. three dads
1: <laughs> yeah like i think it would be a very interesting story i already know like the pilot episode of what it would be <laughs> because to summarize really fast like there was a time when I took Kyle to go to watch my younger brother uh, at a wrestling tournament when he was in high school. Yeah, and uh, my son also got was in wrestling. I was very pleasantly surprised to find out when, like, when I first started seeing him. Yeah, so I've actually seen him. It must
0: really run in the family. You wrestled. Your I brother wrestled. wrestled. Well, yeah, it does. Your son wrestles, and now
1: he's playing baseball. And my brother played baseball too. So it's yeah, like, and he's pretty good at baseball. But um. So I remember taking Kyle to my brother's wrestling tournament and we were up in the stands and my brother, Luke, is wrestling. And um, oh, it was like in between the the, the way the wrestling match works in high school is like you have two minutes, two yeah. minute periods and then like the referee stops it. And then they do like this little ceremonial thing where it's like the referee flips a multicolored coin, yeah. either green or red because you have an ankle bracelet to either green, green or, or red. red to identify for your points. And then um, whatever side it lands on, the referee will turn to that team's corner and say these things, top, bottom, neutral, or defer. And Kyle's like, what's going on? And I explained that to him, and he's like, wait, the positions are top and bottom? Yep. He's like, this is the gayest (laughs) fucking sports ever. (laughs) And he said that within an earshot of my mom, which I thought was hilarious. So I kinda wanna take that story and blend it with like him wrestling for the first time. Oh man,
0: that's funny. And
1: then have like that conversation play out throughout the whole thing. Oh my god. I think that'd be the best pilot episode.
0: Yeah. I used to wrestle in high school also, which I think is really funny. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Top bottom. (laughs) Neutral or defer. I only, I was, I always, I never won a match in the, my whole. Are you serious? Career. Yeah, but my MMA career, I'm undefeated.
1: What are you zero and zero? No, I'm
0: only, I'm <laughs> one and zero.
1: Oh. <laughs> I've been working on this bit where I've been talking about um, not being a fighter. Yeah. Like I've never been in a fight before. And I know that the second, like just looking at me, I know that the second that I say, I've never been in a fight before, I'm going to have to address and be like, and that's not an invitation. Yeah. Cause I know there's some <laughs> macho MMA guy that's got a record of zero and zero. That's like, Hey, we can fix this right here and now. Yeah.
0: And what's funny is like you, you're a, you're a you're a, a skinny man yeah but you're you're like live and you look like a guy who ha, would have been in a fight
1: <laughs> i've got that bruce lee lean look yeah, like, oh, yeah, bruce yeah, yeah. Lee, i mean like bruce lee's a little more ripped than i was but like i'm not like i'm not so skinny that like I, you know you throw a toothpick at me and i fall over yeah you're not
0: gonna blow away in a brisk wind no
1: no like i actually <laughs> do work out it's just my metabolism is way faster than everyone's yeah 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 Yeah. because like i can't put weight on to save my life but i have lean muscle yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, Travis Spots, you should probably wrap this up, yeah. man. I'm really glad that your your son's back in your life. Me too. Um is he gonna be visiting for you for like a week or two, like uh, in the summertime?
1: He's gonna be here next weekend for Father's Day. That's and cool. Then I will be going to see him in Minnesota next month for his baseball tournament and then we will have him for a week in August.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: So yeah, we'll get to have him for a full week. Yeah,
0: when he's, he's here in summer. August, maybe we should swing by and meet him or something. Yeah, you should. He'll come over um, for dinner. Yeah, August is going to be a crazy month for... Are you in Edinburgh? I'm going to be in Edinburgh for a little while. Uh, I'm going to be in St. Louis for a wedding. I'm going to be in Michigan because my English family is coming to visit after more than 50 years. More than that, even. Ah, it's quite a reunion. Yeah, so they're going to be back over, and I'm going to be in Manistee with them, actually, interestingly. So, there's going to be a lot going on, but hopefully, I'll be able to make some time for that. Should
1: I plug some dates? Because I'm actually. Yeah, do it. All right. Yeah. So, I'm uh, speaking of like. World Series of Comedy on the 13th? Yeah, we're going to be doing the World Series of Comedy on the 13th. Probably not moving on, but you know what? We'll have a fun time. Um, and I really, really wanted to like open up with something snide about like not working at GameStop, but I'm not going to do it (laughs) because I know Cindy's going to be there and I'm just like, I can't cause she like, I mean, we know her. Yeah. Like I just can't do that. Yeah. Um, and then June 19th, I'm going to be in Pentwater, Michigan at the village Inn pub and cafe. I'm going to be opening for Larry Reeb. Nice. And then. Two days later, on June 21st through the 23rd, I'm going to be at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle with uh, Mike O'Keefe and Garrett Elzinga. Oh,
0: Mike O'Keefe's doing that, too? Yep. Oh, that's cool, man. Uh, What, Mike is headlining Ridley's Comedy Castle? Yeah, dude. It's kind of a big deal for Mike. Yeah. It's
1: it's apparently his first headlining gig. Ever? That's what he says on his website.
0: That's amazing. Uh that's my old stomping grounds. I should reach out to fucking whoever books uh Ridley's. Now. I know
1: I can I can hook you up with all that. Yeah yeah
0: I, I I I talk with Ridley like uh, I message him back. I mean he lives in Saga Talk now sure. and it doesn't really his he's a name only mostly a proprietor of it. But sure, actually I have to email him because of of uh, it's a long story. I will have to tell you offline because I can't actually officially announce it on the podcast yet. But yeah. I will I will next week,
1: and then um. And then rounding out June, uh, June 29th and thirtieth, I'm going to be at the Comedy Zone in Greenville, South Carolina, opening for Dave Lando.
0: Nice, so dude. I'm, you're you're have You got a packed schedule, man.
1: Yeah, June was pretty packed up, and then I'm basically taking the month of July off because I have trial, and that's gonna take up all of my fucking time. Yeah, and that. then I'm I've got like a one nighter in August, and then uh, some stuff in November.
0: Nice. Uh, Well, thanks for so much for being on, Travis. Thanks for having me.
1: We haven't seen each other forever. I'm super happy we could we could do this.
0: Yeah, man. Me too. Uh, Thanks for uh, appearing, and uh, good luck. You had a lot going on. I'm really excited for you. Thanks, man. And then, uh, meanwhile, everybody, the madness continues.